Welcome to the Four Wards Podcast. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's Eric Bra, voice of Draven, Jerks, and Velkaz. And you're listening to the Four Wards Podcast, here to help you move forward and lead. Hello, and welcome to episode 366 of the Four Wards Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, I'm Jack Soman, and I've got with me two other wards to help you move forward in League of Legends. Crushy's here. Hello. And for his third week in a row, we've got Bomo. It's a hat trick. Let's go. Hell yeah. Turkey, if you're bowling. I, I was considering saying that, <laughs> but I wasn't sure anyone would know what I'm talking about because I wasn't sure it's still a relevant term in modern bowling. <laughs> it is. I don't bowl it very often, and I'm not good enough to get turkeys. <laughs> Neither am mm. I, but that is. I'm not. All right. Guys, we are the Four Words Podcast. We are part of the Trinity Force Network. If you head on over to trinityforcenetwork.com, You'll find links to all of our past episodes and all of the other shows on the network, like the Trinity Force podcast or the League Rundown. You'll also find the link to our Discord. Come join the Discord, come hang out, come play games with us. It's a great time. Now, if you want to support the network, head on over to patreon.com slash tforcenetwork. Five dollars will get you first dibs on any planned tournaments. You'll get an email ahead of everyone else with information on how to sign up. We are on Twitter at Podcast, and some of us stream on Twitch. Because the ranked season has started, I'm actually streaming at twitch.tv slash jacksoman. Come watch me get trolled every fucking night. Crush streams at twitch.tv slash crushyou. And Bomo is at twitch.tv slash bomosapien. That first O is a zero. All of those links are in the episode description, by the way. You don't need to remember what I just said. Just go click the links in the description. Give us a follow. Come hang out when we're streaming. Last and certainly not least, listeners... Consider yourselves on notice. We're probably running out of questions tonight. There were no new ones in the mailbox this week. We need more questions. Write in to fourwards at trinityforcepodcast.com and ask us questions you want answered on the show so we can answer them. Last time we ran out of questions, this was a shit show because we are idiots and can't come up with our own topics to discuss for an hour. So, please... Send us your questions for awards at trinityforcepodcast.com. It's all spelled out, and again, the link is in the episode description. You don't even need to remember the email address. All right. With that, it's a patch week. That's right. Patch 13.1 dropped a couple days ago as of when we're recording this. It's the new ranked season. It started day of the patch, so actually even earlier than we thought when we were predicting and giving our, like, ranked prep talk a couple weeks ago. So we're going to talk about a couple of changes each, because this one is a pretty hefty patch. Like, it's not preseason hefty, but it's got a fair bit. And I'm going to kick it off because... Yeah, I'm going to kick it off because my namesake, Jax, yeah, that's right, he's named after me. I've been Jax Oman online for 21 years. <laughs> no, he's named after the creator of Dota All-Stars, I believe. Um, But anyway, 
he got a, a minor update. This is uh, similar to some of the other champions who've gotten, like, kit retools that are not full-on reworks. Um, his Q didn't really change much, except they took the AP ratio off of it. His E now scales with AP, and also scales with the health of the target instead of with Jax's AD. Um... No other changes to those two abilities, really. His W literally is unchanged. His ult is where the majority of the changes are. Jax's ult now has an active portion that isn't just you get the buff. It actually deals damage when you cast it, with a pretty hefty AP ratio, and then gives him armor and MR based on how many champions he hits instead of it just granting them meaning he can't cast it while running away and get a ton of resists to survive escaping anymore. But also, if he casts it in the middle of five people, he'll be even tankier than he was previously, in addition to dealing shitloads of damage. And then, also, on top of all that, during the time where he gets his armor and magic resist, his passive becomes, on his ult, becomes a two-hit passive instead of a three-hit passive. So every other auto will apply the Grandmaster's Might whomp hit um i've played one game of him it was a lost cause game so i'm not going to comment on the strength of this kit because that game was unwinnable there was nothing i could do i know ap Jax has been going around he's very bursty i don't think he's actually good as ap but it's bursty the the big thing to me is that any Jax build that is actually built for sustained DPS, so like the Bork type builds with some tankiness to them, are really going to get value out of the, the on two hits instead of on three from his ult. He's scary with like Bork Jack Show, which was already, in my opinion, his best build. I know it's I know it's blasphemy to go not having a uh, not having a sheen item on Jax, but he's really strong with Jax Show because the stat multiplier applies to all of his armor and MR he gets from his ult. Um, yeah. So Jax got a a mini rework. Honestly, if you're not playing Jax, there's no meaningful difference to you. Like, he's still going to be a late-game, hyper-scaling monster who's impossible to kill. That's just his identity. Yeah. All right, who wants to go next? I'll grab it, because I actually want to talk about Jock Show real quick. Fair enough. It's almost a segue. <laughs> it's, it's like half of a segue. You get one wheel and not two. Um, so, uh, Jock Show, the Protean, got a nerf and it took me a couple minutes reading it to figure out why it was a nerf <clears throat> so first off the cost is 100 up more that makes sense it, okay sure it costs more now um the stacking resists um instead of uh 15 total resistance at maximum stacks it now gives plus 20 percent bonus resistance at max stacks and the key there is that the word changed from total to bonus. Yep. That's why it's a nerf, even though the number is bigger. Because if you are building Jack Show and that's your only 
uh, armor MR item, it's not going to be as good for you as it was previously. Yeah, um, I, I think that's specifically a nerf to, like, the Aurelia Bork Jack Show type champion builds, and she's far from the only one. Yeah, I it's think... a nerf to everybody that was just building this by itself and then damage. Um, yeah, I think the big he... exception is Jax, because he gets so much armor and MR for free from his ult. Jax and Garen could still do it. I don't think Garen yep. actually does it, but he could do it, because they get free MR and, and armor from their kit. But... It is talking only about bonus resistances now, so you can't just do it and have no other armor or MR. You have to have some other source of it for it to do something. Um, the last bit they changed, uh, instead of draining 3% of your maximum health, it'll drain 80 plus 7% of your bonus health. Again, changing from total to bonus. Um... It also will only drain um, champions, won't hit minions and monsters, which I thought it already did that, so okay. I'm glad it does, because that explains why fighting in a minion wave suddenly made them really impossible to kill. Um, but, uh, so it is, I think it's a pretty decent nerf. Um, it hits the things it's supposed to hit and leaves alone the things it's supposed to leave alone, making tanks like this just the same as before. It's a little more expensive for them, and that's all they care about. Um, the, the bruisers, the, the damage dealers, like the Aurelia that you said, I think I've seen like an Akali build this or maybe Katarina. I, I have seen it on Akali. I've seen it on Katarina. I've seen it on the wind shitters. Yeah. I've seen it on a um, lot of champions. Those guys, this is definitely a nerf. I don't, I hope they'll stop building it because I think they should stop building it, but I'm not 100% certain. Um, they might yeah. need more. Uh, nerf to make it actually stop doing a thing. I, I honestly don't think this is enough to make them stop building it because they're building it not for oh, this item makes me unkillable because it gives so many stats. They're building it for oh, if I go Bork and one tanky item, I'm tanky enough to sustain through everyone and that hasn't changed. Uh, I do know that I've seen um, Belveth being a pain in the ass to kill. I don't know if Belveth's been building this. I think she's still building Kraken Slayer, though, so I don't know if it's the fault of this specific. I don't know. She she was also a good, like, Bork Sunfire candidate last season before Jack Show was introduced, so it wouldn't surprise me if she's abusive with Bork Jack Show. Um, I haven't seen it because she's just not popular. Hmm. But, I think this yeah. changes, like, almost power neutral for the intended actual tanks. Like, it's 100 gold more expensive. That's the part that's a nerf yeah. for them. The, yeah, the like, staps and the drain this. are still probably power neutral for your average tank, like Ramus or something. I think it's actually a buff for Scion and Cho'Gath specifically because they get so much bonus health that drain is going to actually be a relevant hit now. Potentially. The problem is that they just prefer Heartsteel, so... <laughs> because it hyperscales <laughs> with their bonus health stacking, yeah, I know. Exactly. But maybe it's enough to possibly push them to consider this in at least harder matchups. Yeah. I think I think we've... I think it's currently... The tank items are currently in a place where Heartsteel is what you build if you have health stacking or uh, health ratios on your abilities, and Jaksha is the thing you build if you have armor and MR ratios or stacking from your abilities. I think that's probably the correct place for it to be. So. And Radiant Virtue is the one you don't build. Zach builds it. 
I think it's going to be really strong. I think Radiant Virtue is slept on right now. I I think it's going to be really strong in organized pro play, but for solo queue, I think it's shit. It's an extremely good uh, support tank item. Leona loves the damn thing. Fair enough. All right, Bomo, it's your turn. Then we'll go for round two. So speaking of an item that did not get nerfed, but we'll call it a buff for now. We'll have to see is uh, Rod of Ages. So I was super excited for this in preseason, but it's a very bad item. <laughs> it was a very bad item in preseason. It, it, I thought the extra level would have been enough for it, but it's just not enough. So they're essentially making it more of a stat stick again. So the health is increasing from 300 to 400 at the start when you first build it. Um, See so an extra 100 HP. And now... Uh, this is kind of where it gets really weird. They're tweaking a lot of the the movement speed passive and how you achieve it. So I don't know if anyone's actually noticed the movement speed before, but you need nope. 250 healing or mana restoration. So like based on the old math, um, you were getting back about 20% of your mana spent as HP. So say you, you used 100 uh, mana ability, you would get... 20% of that, which is 20 HP. But you have to have 250 total HP in order to get the movement proc. So what is that? Like 12 and a half ability cast at 100 mana. Like it's absurd and like kind of ridiculous the, the requirement to hit this movement speed. So we'll have to see if 200 is enough, but it's still 10 casts of 100 mana if you're not being hit by anything. So I think that's kind of where you kind of take go for a fine balance of taking damage but also dishing out a bunch of abilities and using mana and the next buff that they had is increasing the movement speed duration so it's going from two percent decaying now it's three percent decaying um so it'll decay more slowly and you can have a little bit more of the effect for a little bit longer um and so i just don't know if this is good enough but this is what they have in the patch notes so i just want roa to be good because i really liked roa um, before it got removed. So, I don't think this move speed proc is even vaguely relevant because it's so hard to play around. You can't really tell or control or predict when it's going to go off. So it's mm -hmm. shit. Um, yeah, so honestly, I was, I was like, curious. It should be... Like, it should basically just be a three-hit passive, like how it is on... Uh, uh, what is it called? The AP cooldown item. Cosmic Drive? Cosmic Drive, thank you. Cosmic Drive, yeah. Because that's something that's, like, something you can predict. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or I was curious. It should curious be a lot stronger, and it should trigger when you take, like, when you drop below thresholds. Mm -hmm. um, based on the wording, I wasn't sure if you could, like, stack this up and hold on to it and not use mana. And so I wasn't sure if, if you had to hit that 200 threshold in a certain amount of time. Um, I'm actually trying to read it, and it doesn't say. Um, it just says when you stack up 200 healing or mana, you gain the movement speed. So I'm uh, wondering if you could, like, dish out some abilities before the actual fight, get it to, like, 150, and then you can do what you need to do. But we'll have to see. Um, it's still a little unclear how that actually works or if it drops off. If it doesn't drop off, I could see it being decent, um, especially if you can stack it in the jungle before a big fight and then you'll have the movement speed, kind of like a mini phase rush, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, I was actually comparing this to phase rush um, because I was wondering about the uh, move speed amount. 
it's about it, early game. It's a, it's as much as uh, Phase Rush, but you're never gonna have a Route of the Ages completed by early game. Um, late game, it's 40% move speed <clears throat> on Phase Rush, um, up to 60% for if you're for melee champions. So this is a a good chunk of move speed, actually. Yeah, so I think Cassidy might be really good with this because he's yeah. a melee champion. He can benefit a lot, I think. But uh, no, I, I think remotely. you don't think so? <laughs> so I think it'd be pretty good. There's two reasons. One is he rift walks every second anyway. Move speed's a shit stat on him. But two, more importantly, he is better served by building Abyssal Mask and getting some tankiness and more flat penetration with his mana item and building a regular mana mythic like Crown or Everfrost. I, I, I tend to agree because I've played I think it, a couple times. And it, I think it, it has to go with, though, the Seraph's change, right? So now it gives oh, AP. I, I, think, I think this is going to be really good on Cassidy with with seraphs together well again, with the old seraphs the i think item. it was really bad but i just i just think like you'll get so much more mana from this compared to a regular mana item uh, i guess we'll have to see they have 600 really. mana 600 each even after fully stacked no no no. the the like crown and everfrost and all them all have 600 mana yeah but the how much does rod give after when it's fully stacked i Check don't it. remember but it's not much more if it is more at all I think it's 400 it's and... It's still oh, 600. It's 600. There you okay. go. Same the amount of mana. The base item gives 400. When it's fully stacked, mm-hmm. gives an extra 200. So 600. So and the level isn't in consideration either? I, I, I just the feel like it could the be The level's the main reason why I think maybe it's better for Cassidy, but I've mm-hmm. tried uh, building Everfrost instead still, and Abyssal... It, he just really loves that Abyssal Mask. And also, it lets mm-hmm. you be able to build four mana items instead of three. Yes. Which That's is the biggest key. Not... A small bit when you're mm. scaling off of mana um, from the seraphs in the first place. Would, yeah. would it also I'll be talk about seraphs like... in a bit, but yeah, literally with the uh, mana mythic, abyssal mask, frozen heart, and seraphs, you're running around with like four thousand plus mana, and you just mm-hmm. destroy everyone and you're hard to kill because you have a frozen heart and an abyssal mask, and the healing so would... from the eternity passive is the same on abyssal mask as it is on rod of ages. So you oh, would hey, still that's... build it though without any. AP champions on the other team, you would still build Abyssal? It still, still is going to give you like 20 flat pen on anyone you're trying to kill. Okay. That's like, interesting. I didn't Abyssal Mask is really strong. Before. So, um, I just noticed a line of text on Rod of Ages that I haven't noticed before. Um, it says, upon reaching maximum stacks, you gain a level that preserves your current experience Yeah. and also increase all effects of Eternity by 50%. Yes. So Here's, here's the problem too. for Kassadin. I assume it applies to the move speed. The Eternity heal per cast is capped at 20, and he spends mana in one big fucking chunk where he's hitting the cap way hard. Even if you bump that cap up by 25%, oh boy, he heals an extra 5 health for his 600 mana spent. It's... Yeah, I, wonder, I wonder if it is up, up to my 50% as well yeah. on that one, too. I, I believe it is. I think with these the changes... The heal's 37%. At fully stacked. Okay. So I I don't know I I, I don't know but, I feel like it but could it's be still good. capped at maximum mm-hmm. heal per cast. It's capped at twenty. Yeah. It went up. Right. It was fifteen. It was even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um and that's I think that I think mana. Roa is actually genuinely good on some of the other mana gated champions now. Like Rise. Rise mm. likes it. Rise. Cassiopeia. So, um. Yeah. Anivia. So. Yeah. 
Um, the 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 thing about it that I found has been that the thing that you want from Rod of Ages is actually the level up, um, because it accelerates it accelerates your late game basically. It just means that you're an, an entire level ahead of the curve going into late game. So people that want to be level 11, level 16 to do something, Rod of Ages really likes them. The problem is there's not a whole lot of champions that want the 11 or 16 power spike. Um, Kasim is one of them, but we just talked about how there's trade-offs that you make that make it so that you don't actually get as big of a benefit as you'd like. Um, yeah. Yeah. Part of <laughs> so I was aware of that uh, eternity passive where you get the the fifty percent empowered inter- eternity once you've gotten the level up. That's part of why I think it's good on Cassio because she can't hit the the heal per cast limit at all. Right. Her her mana right. costs are too low. She's about pumping out spells really fast. So the increase of the the mana cost spent restored as health helps her get closer to that limit, and that, she actually heals a lot more when it goes off. Yeah, ca- casting spells in rapid succession is something Cassiope is very good at. Uh, good at. It's why she still stakes on Conqueror, or she can anyway. Yeah, Conqueror phase rush. Um. Yeah, but that's Rod of Ages. <laughs> it's still complicated. It's not clearly the best item on Cassidy. On Rise and Cassiopeia, it's probably the best item. And on Anivia, it is the best item if you don't need the burn from Leandre's to kill tanks, honestly. Like, I think that's the criteria, is same thing for Cassiopeia. If you need Leandre's to cut through tanks, you should still be going Leandre's. Otherwise, I think Rod of Ages is actually just their best option. Like, their best generic best. Uh, When did Rise get broken? He's got Uh, a win rate of 50%. Like, last patch, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then Seraph's put him over the top this patch, which I'll talk about in a moment. Matter of fact, yeah, but the, since the we're kind of there anyway. Yeah, but the joke is that a 50% win rate on Rise is broken. So he's You're not wrong. Soon. It actually is. <laughs> since we're talking about mana items anyway, let me just cover Seraph's. If, you're, if you've been playing for a few years, you probably remember the old version of Seraph's that gave AP based on your mana and had a shield. Well, Seraphs has mostly been reverted back to that. Its price has been bumped from 2600 back up to 3000 so it's the same cost as other high-end AP items. It gives 20 more abil- ability power than it used to, and Needlessly Large Rod is part of its build path now, by the way. Um, I don't see that mentioned in the patch notes for some reason, but it is. Um, and then more importantly... For the past year or so, or two years, however long it's been, it's been giving you ability haste based on your mana, and Riot finally accepted that everyone who actually stacks mana doesn't give a shit about that, because they already have enough ability haste. So they're reverting it back to give AP based on your mana. And then as far as the shield goes, it is not the active shield of your, it is a lifeline shield. Its strength is about as good as it was. It's 250 plus 20% current mana with a 90 second cooldown. However, it being a lifeline shield means it will go off automatically when someone tries to burst you. But also, it can get wasted in situations where you were not going to die, but like a damage over time or a Ezreal ult or Karthus ult or something hit you and put you into that threshold, but couldn't have killed you. 
So pros and cons. I think it's a much better item. And the fact that the shield is automatic, I think is going to help a lot of players who aren't God tier players not die. <laughs> like yeah. I definitely forgot to use Seraph's shield and died a lot with the old version. So it being a lifeline is usually a plus for me. Yeah. I, I feel it's a little weird that they make this a lifeline passive because I don't think anybody would want to build multiple sorry, would it would want to build Seraph's Embrace and another lifeline item. I don't think anybody like Maybe nobody would want to build Seraph's real build. Ugh. But I think he'd go man immune no matter what anyway. Yeah. Uh you like Seraph's and um what, Sterix or Maul of Malmortius, and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, and then the other one is uh, Shield Bow. Yeah. Shield so, bow, like, yeah. Yeah, you, it, yeah, you're right. Ezreal, a weird Ezreal build that does Shield Bow, Seraph's Embrace for some reason, maybe, would be the no. only thing. <laughs> would be the I, only I, thing I was thinking, I was thinking Maul and Seraph's would be the, the Ezreal combination that I could see <laughs> theoretically ever becoming a thing, but. It's not. It's bad. Don't don't try to do that. Yeah, even it, if it wasn't a lifeline. Yeah, it, it. I was just like, why is this a lifeline? I guess to keep. Wait, who would ever build this in another lifeline item? So I don't think that. I don't. I don't think that's why it's like that. I think it's just because they want thing that triggers when you're low health to give you a shield is just lifeline. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the weird cases where the 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 name of it is okay. not because. I, no, I thought I thought of an actual champion example of why you would want this to be a lifeline to prevent abuse cases hmm. because fucking maokai could totally just build sterics to stack shields and live through stupid bullshit yeah the ad is useless but i have done stupid shit on maokai before and it worked and he actually does like ap a lot he does he does like building straight ap on maokai and rushing demonic right now on maokai is actually apparently really strong um, yeah, demonic has been strong on Maokai for a while. Right, but I mean, I mean, actually, just rushing at first item is specifically strong right now. But yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is it's lifeline. <laughs> it is a yeah. lifeline. Don't build two of them. Um, be aware of that. Although it's pretty rare, you'll ever want to. I can't imagine you ever items. would. Maybe it's preparation for they might be because they talked about they're going to rework gargoyles to be a better tank capstone. Maybe they're planning on making that a lifeline and are preempting stacking that with Seraphs. Yeah. Or maybe it's literally just, hey, we have this effect category and we want to make this easier to use so people don't die. And consistency across that type of effect. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, um, it is automatic now, so better for worse. It's automatic. You don't have to press buttons. Yeah, the big thing is that it gives... AP from your mana again. So yes, for yes, Rise, Cassiopeia, Anivia, Cassidin, all of those champions, this is death cap levels of AP. Like yeah, this is it, this is just the best item insane. you can build on them. Like this change means death cap now is my fifth item capstone on Cassidin, whereas I wasn't bothering prior to this change because I just didn't have enough AP to multiply up. Right. I was going like Zonia's or something to stay alive. I think one of the interesting things is that this doesn't really change builds for anybody. Um, it just changes the power of people who built Seraphs. It makes all the, the mana-hungry champions happy. 
literally every single one of them prefers this version of Seraphs to the previous version. Um, it is important to note it did completely lose the healing passive that it had. Yeah. If you want a healing on spellcast passive, you need to go Rod of Ages or Abyssal Mask. And they can't be stacked anymore. So that's a little Pickle. bit of a bummer, but... All right. Crush. We'll go to another another A change. <laughs> yeah. Archangels. Yeah. To, to Aatrox. There we go. Um, got some segues. So uh, we got some Aatrox nerfs because Aatrox is OP as shit right now before the patch. Um, so they just hit his healing basically across the board. Um, the, the extra... The healing he got from hitting people when his passive was up, they took a percentage point or two off of it based on your level. The big one is that the um, your old, his abilities work weirdly. His he, passive healing is increased during his ultimate by his E, by ranks in E, and that's going down. It was 25 scaling to 45% increased healing. Now it's 20 to 36 it's less. Um, it's good, good nine percent less healing at max rank, which I think this is the second max for Aatrox. Yeah, because I would assume so. Um, so this this will have an effect. It basically takes out ten percent of his healing. Um, healing is still ridiculously OP anyway, but at least he won't be completely unkillable with a Yumi on him. Yeah, he um, will. <laughs> he won't be completely unkillable. He'll still be unkillable. Yeah, he will. He just won't be completely unkillable. He just he he will still be at half life when he finishes two v five in your team instead of him being at full life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. The other the other nerf they gave to him was uh, they removed some of the move speed off of his ultimate. Um. It was sixty to one hundred percent bonus move speed, and now it's fifty to eighty. It just means he has a little bit harder time running you down, although he's still much faster than you anyway. So. Um, I think I think the healing nerf is enough to knock him down at least a couple percentage points win rate wise. Uh, it won't take him out of meta, but it will just make him more in line with the other champions up there in the top lane. I'm, I think. I'm hoping the healing nerf is enough to put him into the position of not being lane dominant, because if he's not lane dominant, he has a much harder time reaching the point where he can just pop world ender and win team fights because he heals for his entire health bar in every Q. Ooh. What? I was right. It did knock him down two percentage points. <laughs> so he's down to what? Fifty-three so percent. Uh, forty-eight. He was apparently fifty right before this. Somehow. I find that so hard to believe. There must be so many people piloting him who have no idea how to Aatrox. This is plot up global. I'm checking A. Sorry. Right. <laughs> what the hell? His win rate went up in NA. I don't know. I don't understand. That's. Um, but like a point is, oh my god it dropped like a rock in, in korea though from 50 to 46 so yeah it good. did something <laughs> that's that's it the one something. i believe good all right bomo what oh just just a, a little tf buff i played a lot of tf and just wanted to shout him out i don't think it does anything but <laughs> that's why i, I said what <laughs> I did. I did enjoy enjoy playing a lot of TF. Um, 
and yeah, he's getting some love. So now his Q actually has uh, reduced cooldowns when you level it up. So instead of it being six at all ranks, it now goes from six seconds to five seconds. So, you know, Woo. that extra second when it's Woo. fully maxed feels pretty good, I bet. <laughs> and then um, they increase the blue card damage by giving it um, a little bit more AP damage on it. So instead of it being a 90% AP, it's now 115% AP. Um, and the red card magic damage was increased from 60% AP to plus 70% AP. I was curious if this pushes him from not needing to go um, minion dematerializer anymore. Um, if he has more damage on his red, um, he can maybe look to go for stopwatch instead. Oh, or for, like for like Q a futures and market. card instant wiping yeah. casters kind of stuff? Yeah, because I know I know uh, you needed minion dematerializer to clear the, the, the caster minions. And so if you don't need it anymore, I think magical footwear or stopwatches are pretty good on him. And depending on the runes, you can even go the, um, what is it? The one that gives you, uh, relax, no, ingenious hunter, ingenious hunter too. Cause I know a lot of people are built going the electrocute build. So you can go ingenious hunter for more cooldowns on your items as well. And so I think that would be pretty good with the stopwatch. It feels like it's pretty good on him. Um, I think the core build used to be like everfrost stopwatch with a rapid fire cannon you did no damage but your job was to tp right onto the enemy and just perma stun them while your teammates tried to kill them and so i'm wondering if now he can do a little bit more damage um and so we'll have to see but i was just wanted to mention him because i did play a lot of tf back in the day i i will say with his q cooldown going down by a second at max rank that is actually relevant because that's his, like, spam poke ability when you're, like, dancing around waiting for a team fight to erupt. And he's now getting, without factoring ability haste into the matter, he's getting an extra two casts of Q every minute. Ability haste will exacerbate that. So, like... He's noticeably spammier in the let's just throw out poke and see if we can hit people so that a team fight can break out kind of situation. I think that's actually the like noticeable part of this buff. <laughs> Other than the the dematerializer situation Pomo talked about. Because like you should never be blue carding or red carding people if you can gold card them, because gold card lets you land follow-up damage. So the ratio buffs there are really only for farming. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And just being able to clear the wave and just maybe... I don't even know if it gets him out of needing minion dematerializer, but I, that's my my hope. And so the extra stopwatch could be good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like he could... No, I won't play him again, though. But <laughs> it was a little hope. All right. So, before we throw it over to some listener questions, listeners, I have a trinket tip that I am using as a PSA. Because I'm sick of fucking seeing this in my games. Please, for the love of God, stop building Iceborne Gauntlet Ezreal. It doesn't have mana on it. It doesn't deal damage. It's bad 90-98% of the time. There are a few niche circumstances where it is technically correct 
you are not good enough to execute on those. I'm being blunt here. I love you guys. I'm not good enough to execute <laughs> on those. And I'm good at Ezreal. We should not be building Iceborne Gauntlet. Build Trinity Force if you want something that gives you anything resembling durability. Build an Essence Reaver build if you don't give a shit about durability. Fuck Iceborne Gauntlet builds on Ezreal. All right. Apparently that was a good enough caveating that Crush doesn't feel the need to try to correct me or actually me. Eh. <laughs> I'll enough. take it. All right. With that, listeners, we're going to throw it over to a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back answering the few remaining questions we have in the mailbag. Thank you to our sponsor, Moxie and Zen. Head on over to moxieandzen.com slash tforce and use the code TFORCE for 20% off your order of breathable, comfy underwear. And we're back. All right, our first question tonight comes from Prince of Winners, who writes, Every preseason, I think of a few ideas for preseason shakeups that could provide interesting changes to the meta. I'm curious what you think of them and how to make them interesting and balanced. Since alcoves haven't been revamped or utilized in a while, I thought of a few ways to use them. Since teleport is too is contentious with being too impactful, top laners typically te want to teleport to bot lane anyway. What if it's allowed to travel from alcove to alcove? An alternative would be to Ugh. add hextech teleportation between the alcoves on hextech rift. Uh, would we want the ability to go alcove to alcove? Have like no around. <laughs> I have enough mid laners and jungles in my lane. I don't want top laners to. Okay, you but, saw but that TP was an issue, right? But Crush, hear me out. What if you, as the AD carry, could teleport and gank top with the alcove? Yeah, see, no, Alawi is up there and Mordekaiser's up there. I don't want to be up there. Just get your support to bring teleport as well. You both go up there. It's a three on one. <laughs> bring your jungler. Bring the bot lane experience to top lane. <laughs> uh, the only way the, so the bot lane experience taking the bot lane experience to top lane or to mid lane is the supports job not mine alright the other uh, idea that Prince of Winners has sent us and I can tell that Prince of Winners plays Dota is what if you added more jungle quadrant to both sides of the map that connected to the alcove? There could be more jungle monsters and maybe a secret shop or other incentives. <laughs> It'd be cool for champions other than Kane to be able to gank from the alcove. <laughs> the secret shop is why I know he's a Dota player, because yeah, in Dota right, exactly. there is a secret shop off to the side of the bottom and top lanes. It's an interesting idea to put more camps, um, like, on the outside of the lanes. Um, I I think it'd be too risky, especially, like, high elo. So you have a camp in the alcove. You see the enemy jungler go there after the first quadrant clear. And literally the other jungler sees that, oh, they have 12 CS. Oh, their entire... Jungle is open. I will clear that right now because we just saw them on the outer quadrant. And so I think it had to be really worth it to have it. But 
it's so exploitable. I think having that extra camp there, um, because Vision works so differently than Dota. Where Dota, you hide in the trees, right, and you don't really. It's like a bunch of mini bushes almost, and so it's a lot easier to kind of sneak in. But with League, based on how the lanes are set up, it's so easy to spot the enemy walking into that specific area. See, I've got a slightly different take, but it's kind of the same thought process, which is no jungler is ever going to take this. You're just adding a camp for bot laner who is winning the lane to farm in between waves. I think it makes, um, I think it makes pathing there opens up more path, uh, choices for pathing. Like one of the things I see immediately is that if you do, um, so right, so right now we have the six camp full clear, right? And if we just, in theory, add a camp on the outside of each of top and bot lane, um, put them, put it between the two towers, um, not a little bit ahead of Krugs, say. Um, if you do your first clear and do like red raptors, wolves blue gromp, and then into that into that new camp, that's still a six camp clear. It should still give you. Level, level four, four, and then it gives you a, a, a gank on top lane as well. Um, and then you, when you come back to do your next clear, you go hit the bot lane camp and start your full clear again. It it, it could be interesting. I don't know if it would be worth it. Um, and then as Jax mentioned, it's probably going to be food for whatever side laners there. Yeah, specifically, it's going to help the one who's already winning the lane win more. Because if you're not winning the lane, you're not going to be able to contest them. Unless the camp does a lot of damage. In which case, no one's right. going to take it anyway. I think making the camp more dangerous than than Raptors, say. So it actually does some damage even even later in the game. Might be, might be a good idea to do it. But again, anybody who's split pushing generally has some kind of sustain. So I don't think that really works. Again, I think they could do it. Um, it's definitely an interesting idea where... Because we never thought that they could add the alcoves to the outside of the map either. So, I mean, yep. they could. And besides, Secret Shop really makes sense in Dota because recalling is not a thing. Secret Shop does not need to be a thing in League because recall is a thing. You don't have to buy items to be able to teleport back to your base like you do in Dota. Correct. All right, let's go to our next question, because I think we've talked enough about Dota on this League of Legends podcast. <laughs> All right, Reigns writes in again. Hi, Awards, it's me, Wild Reigns, once again, coming to you with questions. Do we really expect anything different at this point? No matter how much I insist on taking a break from League, I always find myself in the midst of what seems to be like an endless cycle of trying to have fun, climb, and learn how to be better at all the same time, and only achieving one, or at most two, at any given time. Through preseason, I have been actually trying to take advantage of the unsettled meta to grind some ranks and try out a couple of champions and playstyles. This has brought up a couple questions. Question 1. Regardless of meta, do you guys have recommendations for champions to play for your fill roles that are good no matter the meta? As an example, I found that Ash for AD carry seems to fill this role quite well no matter the meta. She has CC with slows in her ult and is quite an effective tank killer through the attack speed from her Q. That's correct for ADC. Um, for the other lanes, um, I know like uh, so Malphite is the one you you first think of for top lane, 
but another one is actually Garen or Darius. They're never bad. Yep. They do their job. Um, uh, junk. Jungle, uh, Jungle's Warwick, right? Because like he's never, also never bad. Sejuani. Sejuani. Sejuani is the the jungler who, the worst Sejuani has ever been. She still brings huge engage CC to your team and is a tank. Um, That's true. Oriana's kind of the classic answer for mid lane. She's been the like staple mid laner since season two, and has. Never really been booted out of being at least decent. That's true. Uh, I also think of Ari. Uh, Ari's had oh. a more like highs and lows. She's been really dominant and barely adequate, but she was still adequate, so I don't disagree. I just think she has more variance, whereas Oriana is always like solidly A minus tier at the worst. I know another one in mid lane I see a lot as being like, this champion is never outright bad is Annie, but I don't really know because I don't play Annie. I don't feel like that's been true for years. Annie has been left behind by the massive amount of mobility in the game. Annie bot would disagree, but... <laughs> it's an Annie one trick. I'm Their, their opinion is uh, an outlier. Yep. <laughs> Alright. Um, what about support? Janna. <laughs> Janna or Lulu. Either one of them. I was going to say some kind of enchanter. I feel yeah. like is always pretty um, decent. Yeah, there have been metas where, like, Blitzcrank or Leona is a really bad idea to do. Enchanters? There's been metas where enchanters are weaker than usual, but none that they're useless. Yep. I, I, I would agree. I think... In Specifically, I think Janna and Lulu are the examples because they provide so much peel and not just healing yeah. and shielding. Their peel yeah. is incredible. Um, I would also say Morgana. Black Shield is just yeah, such Morgana a strong ability. Just, she can yeah. never actually be a bad champion as long as it exists. Yeah, Morgana is pretty, pretty evergreen. Um, Nami Support's almost sometimes. the easiest role to pick this for. <laughs> yeah, after a fashion. Nami also fits here to an extent, I think, because again, Nami is basically always use, always useful. Um, a recent re uh, thing pointed out to me was that Nami gives move speed pretty trivially to your team. Yep. And that's not in not a small thing. It's a, one of those hidden power things where it's really strong, but you don't notice it because it's just move speed. It's kind of yeah, like how exactly. Cloud Drake was actually the winningest dragon for a while, and everyone was like, Cloud Drake sucks! Because move speed is just really subtle power. Yep. Alright. Question two. While you have discussed many times on cast about dealing with tilt outside or after the game, what are your suggestions for dealing with tilt in-game so you can A, finish the game, and B, give your team the best chance to carry you? Um. He does elaborate slightly thanks to preseason matchmaking. I've been constantly getting into silver and gold lobbies as a bronze mid laner and getting absolutely <laughs> diffed in mid and flamed for it. While I do eventually mute chat, the damage is already done before I do, or even if I've had chat muted all game, I just feel like I'm playing very poorly. Mute before, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Like literally just when the game starts, just mute. I, I, I personally believe if you're under like diamond, you don't even need chat at all. It doesn't really do anything for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, I have definitely, yeah, like typing, typing to, typing to the enemy is always useless. Like, you could try and mental game them, but... I, I I was gonna say, that's where I push back. Like, typing to your teammates is always useless. Like, typing pings are good enough for that. Me. Typing to your enemies is useful if and only if the enemy is already typing to you and is clearly someone who will mental boom. Yeah, so... So, actually, you said something earlier, uh... You said just an endless cycle of trying to have fun and climb and learn how to be better all at the same time. Um, so you generally only get to pick one or two of those at a time, not all three. Uh, you The default mode, the default mood in ranked is people are trying to climb. They're not trying to have fun. They're not trying to learn how to be better at the game. So trying to tell them how to be better at the game, A, won't work, and B, will just piss them off. Yep. Um, but that's, that's ranked. Uh... So that's why, like, typing to your team is basically useless. The There are rare times where there are things you, that are hard to communicate in pings that are worth typing. Yeah. Like, hey, let's bait Baron. Yeah, you can bait ping, but <clears throat> people don't most fucking pay thing... attention to that, whereas you can say, let's set up in the bush or something. The most useful, yeah, let's set up in the bush is you could just ping bait on a bush. Um, the most useful thing to you type to your teammate is to ask their opinion on something. In other words, do you think you can match this this Fiora in the split in the split push? If yes, you can. Then, like gathering information from your teammates is the most useful thing you can do by typing. And even then, the example I just gave: Do you think you can match the Fiora in the split push? You can hit tab. <laughs> yep. And. So Here, I'm, even I'm then, honest, it's not super great. I don't give a shit what my teammates think about whether or not they can match Fiora in the split push because I don't trust <laughs> their judgment to begin with. If I did, I wouldn't need to ask them. I would just know that they can match her. Right, that, yeah, yeah. That, That's the key is like the only circumstance where I'm unsure about whether or not they can handle a circumstance where I would need to ask them. They have already proven they can't because if they've proven they can i have nothing to be unsure about and if they haven't proven they can then they can't i i do i do have a specific replay uh and it, uh it's a highlight from a game that i was playing um and uh it's one of the very very few times where typing to your team worked I was already set up, set up in mid lane taking farm, and the Talon comes from base to try to, to come take the farm. And I say, Talon, go bot. There's a, there's three waves of, of minions down there for you to kill. And shockingly, he listens. He does that. He goes down, murders the three waves of minions because it's Talon. Of course he can wipe waves. Kills the bot lane tower, and in the course of him going down to wipe the wave and, and take the tower, a team fight is broken out. Um, they're pushing in on um, our inhibitor turret. Because he's Talon, 
he gets to the fight in their backline and murders four people. And it's like, this. This is the situation where you can type to your team. Fair. Also, this is how you're supposed to play assassins anyway, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to say, like... That could all be communicated with a ping on him and then a ping on assist on the wave. He'll go collect the farm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I think the key to me was like I actually specifically pointed out, look, there's a there is a lot of farm there. Go go get it. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna challenge you for that farm. Go go get that instead. And yeah. and because it was because I framed it as here is this gift of three whole waves for you, I, go take it. <laughs> That's when he, I think that's why he listened. But I feel like that's it's very rare though. It's I, really rare. It's like you remember it because it's so meaningful. But yeah. like, if you look at a span of like fifty games, maybe that's one game. Uh, for me two. personally, I I think you can just like mute everything. So when I last season when I was like stuck gold four for a bit, I just turned off my chat completely. Like I didn't even allow myself to chat, and I didn't even see any chat. And so that was able to help me climb. Um, back up to plat, but yeah, that was. Uh, I think that's why maybe I think you don't really need chat because I was able to do it when I was struggling a little bit last season, and so just even not being able to type made a, a world of difference because I'm not focused on what I'm writing. Because sometimes I would get mad, write something, and it says your chat's disabled, you can't send. It. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just play the game then. <laughs> so it's, yeah. that's that's just how I was mentally able to kind of like help myself that way so if you're having similar issues maybe that might be good just completely remove chat um and just see what happens yeah it's basically like the percentage of of getting a positive response is low and there's a percentage chance of getting a negative response where they'll grief you in some way shape or form or at the very least just type mean things at you back and it's like This isn't worth it. I mean, (laughs) literally last week I gave the example of Sparrow uh, ganking bot repeatedly as a way to, like, come back from a tilted lane. I do have one other example of where chat was actually useful. (coughs) We had, this was two years ago, maybe three years ago, we had a Thresh who was just playing offensively bad. Like, mind-bogglingly bad. Had a sixth sense for getting caught out. And after, like, his fifth death, with no one else having typed, by the way, he was like, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm playing, like, shit tonight. Tell me what to do. And my team, I was, this was, like, the most blessed team I've ever had. My whole team was like, dude, it's okay. They're blowing way too much on you. We just need to follow you around and use you as bait. Sure enough... They would blow, like, Ash Arrow, Morgana ult, and, like, two other ultimates on Thresh every time they saw him to catch him out. So we just made sure we were right behind him, just out of their vision. And then we'd win the team fight because they had no ultimates left. Repeatedly. Until we won the game. That happened because I got the miracle lobby where all five people were cheerful and willing to communicate and work together doesn't fucking happen i've had it happen once i've been playing this game for 13 years yeah i am fully of the belief that 99 percent of the time team chat is a detriment to winning the game and everyone in league of legends would have a better experience if chat was just 
globally disabled and it was impossible to chat. I do think all chat, again, I think is useful more often, but it's like 95% of the time it's a detriment to winning the game, so it still should be turned off. And I say this as someone who does not disable chat, because I find it entertaining sometimes. <laughs> Just disable chat. Everyone should disable chat. It will help you win games. Um, eh, as a tangent, I could ask about, like, if you think that would be true, if if voice chat were enabled as well, like honestly, I think voice and chat, I've, I've said this before, absolutely better. With voice chat, you will still get assholes. Yes, but hearing a voice triggers some sort of subconscious psychological thing where the people in your games who are not assholes will treat you better if they hear an actual voice and don't just see text on a screen. Yeah. So, it won't do anything for the assholes. As a matter of fact, it will give the assholes new avenues to be abusive. But it would make the non-assholes actually communicate better. Um, yeah. Dota has voice chat, by the way. And I have experienced both people being abusive in it and also communication that was basically on par with what we get in the Discord when we're playing games with people. Yeah. Just with randos. And... I've joined when when people post a Discord in random games and everyone joins the Discord. Games go great. They usually work out. It usually works out at the very least because the people opting in activity. are almost never the assholes. Because assholes aren't going to yeah. opt into that because they know they'll get kicked. True. All right. So he does uh, wrap this up with saying. Uh, Two very unrelated questions, but I am very keen to hear your thoughts as always. I'm glad I get to listen to you guys almost every week, and I hope that, I assume this question will be read after them, you will have all enjoyed the holidays. Kindest of regards, Reigns. P.S. To spice things up, I should now be adding a lower fact of the day to the end of my emails. <laughs> Feel free to deal with them as you please. Fact number one. Sivir is a direct descendant of Azir. I actually knew this already, but that's because I actually read most of the lore. It's... Also because you're a glorified Siver main. Well, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, this is part of Azir's story. It's why Azir was able to be reawoken by Siver in the temple, whatever you want to call it, where he was stuck in. Um, which, I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of an interesting fact, but uh, the, the most important thing to me about this whole thing is that, wait a minute, Azir had kids? Right. Did that work? Also... How is she human and he's a bird? Like, what? He, pro uh, he probably had kids before he ascended. Okay, fair. You got me on that one. <laughs> I, okay, let me rephrase that. I hope he had kids before he ascended. I don't know. I'm sure there are some listeners to this who would hope the other way around. <laughs> Just and with that, listeners, <laughs> we have run out of listener questions, so you don't get a Lucian top this week. I'm sorry. None of us could think of a good segue, and we're out of questions, so that's what you get. Send us your questions to fourwards at trinityforcepodcast.com so we can answer them on the show, because otherwise next week is going to be a shit show, just like it was the last time we ran out. With that, this show has not been a shit show. This has been episode 366 of the Forwards Podcast. I've been Jack Zoman for Crush You, for Bomo. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Four Wards Podcast, part of the Trendy Force Network. If you'd like to leave questions or feedback for the crew, send us an email at fourwards at trinityforcepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at fourwardspodcast with the number four. Finally, you can also find us at fourwards.trinityforcepodcast.com. If you'd like to check out all the other great podcasts that are part of the network, head on over to trinityforcenetwork.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next time with more ways to help you move forward in league.